Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. U.S. Foods is one of America's largest food service distributors, helping more than 250,000 food service operators across the country succeed with their expert support, innovative food products, and industry-leading technology. They maintain a workforce of 28,000 associates, 70 distribution facilities, and more than 80 cash and carry locations. U.S. Foods is just as committed to its employees as its customers, offering hybrid working models, employee resource groups, the ability to grow within the organization, and more. Jennifer Castillo, Senior Manager and President of the U.S. Foods Veteran Employee Resource Group, joins the podcast to discuss the many benefits of her career with U.S. Foods. Jennifer shares the challenges she faced when transitioning out of the military, how those challenges fueled her success in the corporate world, and why she is so passionate about her work at U.S. Foods. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy chatting with Jennifer. To learn more about careers with U.S. Foods, visit them online at www.usfoods.com forward slash careers. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I do not know a lot about your background or the um, U.S. Foods organization, so I'm excited to learn more about it and then of course, tell our candidates, because just from the brief conversation we've had, it sounds like you guys do a lot of cool things for your employees, but specifically for veterans. So before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, So Jen Castillo, I am a Navy veteran. That is how I started my career. I uh, did the college thing for a year and realized that this was super expensive, but also um, my mom passed away very quickly after I graduated from high school. And I'm like, well, if something happens to my dad, because uh, I'm one of eight, I wanted some kind of way to support my my sibling should something happen to him. So I joined the Navy as a mass communication specialist. And from there spawned my love of communications. And that kind of directed my career path from from there. So uh, started out in the Navy, did a few years. I was stationed to the USS Theodore Roosevelt, um, CBN 71. And uh, after I transitioned out of the military, that was a little bit of a bumpy road, um, which I know we'll talk about in a little more detail, but it was not not an easy transition. But eventually when I found my way into the uh, corporate world, worked in corporate communications. Um, a few years down the road, found myself at U.S. Foods. Um, U.S. Foods approached me um, about a communications position that they had open. And like a lot of people, I didn't really understand what U.S. Foods did. Um, U.S. Foods is a national company. Um, we are a food distributor, so we deliver food to colleges, universities, hospitals, and then um, more of the mom and pop stuff or mom and pop style stuff. So. Um, independent restaurants and and small chain businesses, as well as the large chain businesses too. Awesome. Well, that says a lot about you as a person, um, just given what you said your reason was for joining the military. That's a lot of responsibility to take on at a young age. Yeah. And as, as luck would have it, um, my dad actually, we found out he had cancer just a couple months into my military career and he ended up passing away. Um, shortly after that began, but I wouldn't have been able to support my siblings had I not joined the military. So I think it's crazy how things work out, but it was all meant to be. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Not about the, you know, the struggles, but it's just awesome that you have that um, drive within you to help yourself, but also your family too. Yeah. 
Well, so I do want to talk a little bit about your transition into the civilian world because I know you mentioned that you had some challenges, um, not unlike, you know, most of the people who are probably listening if they have transitioned out. And, you know, I'm sure those challenges can range anything from personal to financial to knowing what you want to do, what, you know, if it's something that's different than what you did in the military. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what your experience was. My transition out of the military was, uh, it was very eye-opening because when you join the military, I, I feel like you're sold this narrative that like, here's all the things that you can do following your career and all the things that, that set you up for success. But when I was transitioning out, um, you know, the programs that they have maybe aren't necessarily up to date with what happens in the actual real world once you get out there. Um, some of it is a lot out of date and is run by volunteers. And while while I'm sure it was great at one point in time, it's not. It doesn't set you up for success in the way I thought it would. But then also my big struggle, which really fuels a lot of the work that I do at U.S. Foods now to support veterans, um, is around this whole degree versus experience. So when I left the military, I had these years of experience in communications. And, you know, we go through training, we go through schooling. My, the training, my A school for my job specifically was six months long, which is definitely on the longer side of training for as far as military jobs go. But it was six months of Monday through Friday, like eight to 12 hours a day. Um, so it's like you're shoving several years worth of college and hands-on experience into that six months. Um, and when I left the military, started applying to corporate communications positions. I'm like, that's what I want to do. This is where my skills line up. This is the career path I want to go down. And I started applying before I left the Navy. And I, I got some phone calls, not a whole lot. And then when I got back to the Chicagoland area, I started interviewing at companies and would get second and third interviews. And, and I was very open. Like, I don't have my degree yet. I'm, I plan to work on it, but like I just transitioned out. Um, but I have all this experience. So it was noted on my resume. I was open about it in my interviews. And it would get to the point where it's like, we'd love to offer you this position, but you don't have a degree. Like, I don't check that box. So they couldn't offer me the position because it was required. Like, didn't matter how much experience I had because I didn't check that box. Um, I kept getting passed up. So before I joined the military, I was a server in a restaurant. And that was one thing I'm like, okay, I'm joining the military. I never have to do this again. But as I mentioned earlier, like my dad passed away. I'm responsible for my four younger siblings and putting food on the table. And here I am having to go back to serving tables after the military because no one wanted to give me a job because I didn't have a degree. It's like the service meant nothing, which was completely shocking. I'm like, everyone, everyone talks about what, what great things you do in the military and how special this population is, but it's like, no one, no one lived by that. Like mm -hmm. no companies really supported it that I was applying to until about a year after I left the military, I was offered a position in corporate communications by a man whose dad served 30 years in the Air Force. And he understood my value and what I brought to the table and what that experience meant. And regardless of the fact that even for that position and said degree required, he went back to HR and said, nope, like she's the one, she has the experience, she has what we need and we're gonna hire her. So you need to change that. Um, and it's because of him that I have the, the career that I do today. 
It's such a, well, I'm curious actually to hear um, your thoughts on it now that you're in the role that you're in and being on the other side of it. But it seems like such a silly and arbitrary check in the box when you have all of these qualifications. I mean, for most of us, you think, because uh, you're a communications, I have a communications degree. And I mean, you think, what is the typical college student doing compared to what is someone who's serving in the military doing? Yeah. Um, especially, you know, you look at the first two years of college, they're basically gen eds, you know, stuff that you've already learned anyway. And so it's like, is a degree really required? Or is that just, you know, a, a requirement that you're putting in place that doesn't even really matter? Yeah, in my opinion, I, I think a lot of it is you just don't know what you don't know. And a lot mm. of the people that write these job descriptions and do the posting ha haven't served or don't know anyone that serves or don't really understand what that service means and how it translates into a lot of the positions that they have at that company. Mm. Um, and I, I even shared it with U.S. Foods when I began and we started this whole ERG journey. So a lot of our focus this year with the ERG has really been to um, to kind of change that that learning and that focus on the candidates that we look at. At the beginning of the year, our ERG in partnership with the talent acquisition team um, launched a training um, or a workshop uh, called Valley of a Veteran that we launched to all of our recruiters within U.S. Foods. And it was a one-hour presentation where we partnered with Lisa Rosser at Valley of a Veteran, and she came in and, and talked about um, the military background and better understanding the resume and those skills and experience. And we talked about our skills translator and how a lot of these things that we do in the military can translate directly into positions that we have at U.S. Foods. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people forget, too, that, like, even though we're in the military, like, we for, for U.S. Foods specifically, we're still delivering food. Like, we're bringing food to ships and bases and mess halls and we have people that have to do the ordering and the stocking and the replenishment and all these roles that directly translate, they're just called something different when you're in the military. Mm -hmm. so it's like we have that hands-on experience, but if people don't know that, they don't really know what to look for. So when they see that military resume, like, I don't know what a machinist mate does, or I don't know what a mass communication specialist does. So I'm just going to like move on to the next candidate. So it seems a bit more familiar. Yeah. So really working to change that change that outlook on the veteran population. I like that. Um, I've actually been to a Lisa Rosser conference before too. And Orion, uh, we try to do our part with training employers too. We actually have like a training program that we do with some of our employers. And one of the questions that we asked to your point about, you know, what's a machinist may do. So we would say, does anyone know what a fire controlman does? And like, of course, nobody knows because it's just not like you would think, oh, they fight fires. Like you just, you know, you have this idea in your head when you see a job description in the military. So it's really looking behind that, like looking beyond the titles. What did they actually do? And a lot of times it is, like you said, a direct correlation with roles that they have. And they just don't even know because they don't get past that original title that they see. And I know this is a conversation that comes up a lot. We actually have a podcast episode. I don't even remember what it's called. Like, Degree, something about basically whether or not you have to have a degree because this question would always come up, especially from like enlisted service members. I'm getting out. Should I pursue a degree or should I pursue a job? And I think, you know, sometimes that changed depending on the employment market. But obviously right now it's a job seekers market. So you may as well go out there and get a job. 
yeah. if that's what you want to do, if you want to go to college because it's, you know, you're going into a field where you feel like a degree is required. Obviously, there are some fields that you do need to have a degree. I mean, we don't want any doctors that don't have their degrees, but, um, you know, but there are some that aren't. And so it's kind of determining what do you want to do first before you do that. So I think that's awesome that you, um, so you, you said a couple of times you were in process of getting your degree or did you ever pursue it? I'm finishing up my my final year of school right now. I started several years ago, but, uh, you know, life gets in the way and Mm -hmm. sometimes things need to take a pause. And being a a working adult student, I had to transfer schools a lot to find uh, schools that offered classes that fit my schedule. Um, So working on my last five or six classes right now, utilizing the GI Bill. And and again, I'm in a place where um, I feel comfortable and confident with my career at U.S. Foods that I don't need to have my degree, and we're really starting to change that outlook. Um, but it's, it's at this point, it's really a personal goal of mine, right? Um, yeah, to finish my degree and kind of kind of put the the bow on top. Yeah, no, and I agree. If it's if it's something that you want to do, then by all means, especially because you do have those resources like the GI Bill that make it possible to do it. And I just think that you're a great success story of someone who just said. I'm going to prioritize my career and you went for it. And I think that's awesome because um, you probably see this with people that you talk to within the ERG or just other veterans that you talk to. Some people, maybe they don't even necessarily want to get a degree, but after one or two turndowns, they think, well, that's what I better do. And so they kind of miss out on opportunities they could have had if they were persistent in trying to get the job without the degree. Yeah, and it's really disheartening, too, when you're transitioning out and you're getting rejection after rejection, because it's like, I I really thought that by serving my country that I would somehow be put on this pedestal and maybe at least transitioning out and, and getting a new career after the military would be easier than what it was. And it's like, mm-hmm. what was it all for if it means nothing to, to anyone else once you leave? Yeah. And actually, that is one of the challenges that a lot of people that I talk to on this podcast say that they face where they feel like when they're in the military, they're constantly being told, oh, you're going to do really well when you leave. Everyone wants to hire you, blah, blah, blah. And that's not always the case. So, um, you know, sometimes you might have a job family that is in super high demand, um, but that isn't always the case. And so you kind of leave having these expectations and then you just sort of get the wind taken out of your sails as soon as you're out. And then you start to kind of, to your point, think, well, what did I even do this for? This didn't get me anywhere. It ended you back in the same place that you were at before you entered the military. Exactly. Cause I, I wonder all the time too, I'm like, if I had not applied for the job at the company that I ended up being hired at, if, if that man's dad didn't serve 30 years in the air mm-hmm. force, would he have hired me? But I have been passed up again. Like where, where would my life be today if that if his dad did not serve? The cool thing about that, though, Jennifer, is that you get to be that person for other people. You get to open the door for them. So what he did for you and maybe he did that for other people in your situation. But now you get to basically, um, you know, pay it forward and do the same thing for all these other people. Exactly. That's that's the goal. That's what makes me so passionate about the work that we're doing at U.S. Foods. Um, one of my my counterparts there, you know, when COVID happened, it's like a lot of the stuff we were doing is volunteer based and community based. And it's like, well, what do we do now since we can't get out in the community like we used to? And, and she told me she's like, 
we could at least get our house ready and like really work from the inside and figure out what we need to do to open the door for more veterans. And that just like clicked with me. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about your career with U.S. Food. So you mentioned that they reached out to you. So when did you join the team? And then how did that come about with them reaching out to you? Um, I actually was reached out to by a recruiter on LinkedIn um, a little over five years ago. Um, and they had a new team that they were starting. They had a new position in communications. And he was poking around at my background on, on LinkedIn, which I highly recommend anybody that is transitioning out to have an updated LinkedIn profile with as many details as possible about the things that they did. Um, Cause that really, I, I think that having, keeping my LinkedIn up to date with those job details was very critical. Um, and at this point I did have a few years under my belt um, in the corporate world too, which, which also helped. Um, but he reached out and said, Hey, we have this position. I think you'd be a great fit. Would love to talk to you more about it. Um, so hopped on the phone, had that conversation. And then they brought me in for, um, one interview brought me in for a second interview and actually ended up bringing me in for a third interview. Um, and then offered me the, the position at the company. And of course it was, uh, an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, I, I also wasn't very happy at the place where I was at. I was working uh, in corporate communications there, um, but the culture just wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, I feel like there, I was definitely sold a false narrative on what the company stood for. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I need a change. And then U.S. Foods happened to come knocking. Um, and I, I haven't looked back since. I love working for U.S. Foods. The culture is is amazing. And as far as um, the work for, for veterans and the military community that we're doing, like we have a long way to go, but we're starting to make great strides. And and that that is really a lot of the passion behind behind what I do now as, as president of the ERG. But um, it was shortly after I began when we started the whole ERG journey at U.S. Foods. And it was me and a couple other people. One of them was a veteran. One of them was an ally. And it's like, hey, they're starting ERGs. Let's Let's hop on that bandwagon and, and serve the military community the best that we can. That's awesome. So did you know about the potential for that opportunity to kind of take on such a big role? Because sure, you would be new to the company, but you mentioned you're president of the ERG. So was that something that you even knew about at all during the interview process or did it just kind of come as a pleasant surprise? It was a pleasant surprise because it was uh, it was one of those things I was kind of poking around to see what I could find as far as uh, veteran or military support at the company. And when I first started, there wasn't really anything. I stumbled upon a Yammer page and then it was um, and I joined the company in August 2017. And then it was early 2018 when the HR team had announced like, hey, we're looking to start these employee resource groups. If you are interested in starting one, you know let us know, here's an application, submit it, we're going to review it and, and start to get these things off the ground. And I was like, well, a veteran one sounds fantastic. Um, so I posted on that one random veteran Yammer page that I found. And that's when I connected with the two other people, um, one of which was a more senior position. And he's been with the company a bit longer than I have. Um, and the other one worked in talent acquisition. Um, and we kind of teamed up and, and he actually served as president for uh, for the first couple of years. And now I've been serving for the last um, almost two years now um, as president of the ERG. So it didn't start that way, but but that's where I am now. I served as secretary before and have kind of just built up my position um, since then. But it's also one of those things where I've, I've seen the ERG grow since it's 
very first inception and and it's one of those passion projects that I want to hold on to for <laughs> for as long as I'm able to while I'm here. Oh, well, good. So I know you've been able to kind of climb the ranks within the ERG, but you have with your career overall, too, because you mentioned that you've been promoted a couple of times. So what role were you hired into? And then what did that career progression look like? So the role I was hired into was field operations planning communications lead, which, of course, is a mouthful. (laughs) Um, But essentially, I was uh, responsible with managing a couple of major communications that come from the center out to the field. Um, Because we are, like I said, we're a national company and we have locations all across the country. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of the funnel from corporate to all the field locations. and from there, my, my position kind of moved among a couple different teams just because I touched a couple different key groups within the company. Um, and then COVID happened. And COVID provided me with a platform to really show my skills and a lot of the key things that I learned in the military Um, Obviously, things were very stressful and no one really knew what to do and things were ever changing and working in the food industry. You know, we were greatly, greatly affected by the restrictions and everything that was taking place. And, um, you know, just so much happened. And so it turns out that communications are very important when a pandemic happens. Um, So I was really able to, to leverage my skills and my abilities and also um, my ability to adapt and overcome to an ever-changing environment, which was like the key thing that I learned when I was in the Navy, um, and really leverage that to help and support the company. Um, and through that and my efforts and, and growing responsibility through the pandemic, they, they promoted me into a managerial position. Um, and then earlier this year, uh, uh, a senior manager position came up on another team, and I applied for that one. And and it was kind of like a no-brainer, great, greater responsibility, uh, new area of the company, um, working within merchandising that I've always worked in at a high level, but this is more of a deeper level, deeper understanding, learning new skills and and a whole new part of the company that I didn't really have the details of before. So, um, so yeah, I got that promotion back in, in, no, it was March, March of this year. So, uh, it just keeps growing. But if it wasn't for the leadership skills and some of those those key um, key things that I learned in the military, I don't think I would be where I am right now within the company. Do you find now as part of what your role is within the company that you're able to communicate the value of those soft skills over like some of the hard skills, like a degree, like we had talked about, or even like experience in a similar industry and things like that. 100%. And even it it came to life in the interview process as well, when we kind of talk a little bit about the the soft skills that they bring to the table versus the hard skills. And, and it's like through those interview processes where I, I really, that's what, that's when I really reflect. I'm like, I didn't realize how much I really took from the military that translates into what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, that I do in those moments where where you kind of have to stop and reflect and think about where all these things that you do now came from. Because a lot of time I feel like we're just on autopilot. And we just we do the thing. But it's like I didn't realize how ingrained it was into me that that really um, allows me to to lead and and do well at the things that I do. 
What I think is really cool about that is at the beginning when you were talking about getting out of the military, going back to work at a restaurant, having this feeling of why did I even serve in the military? It didn't get me anywhere, but it did get you somewhere. It gave you these um, you know, values that are so deeply instilled in you that a lot of veterans share that help you to succeed in your career, even if it's not in, you know, an immediate thing. It might not get you the job, but it helps you excel once you do. Yeah, completely, completely agree. And even even thinking back to like how I was when I first joined um, U.S. Foods or even my, my first position after, it's like, it's still a culture shock because you kind of mm-hmm. Like, let me sit around and wait for my superior officer to tell me what to do. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not going to happen. So what do I, what do I do next? And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now you need to start being resourceful and seeking work and seeking more responsibility and seeking feedback and, and really starting to build yourself up. And and it was still a little bit of that mindset when I joined U.S. Foods and it was like, okay, let me, let me wait to see what they tell me to do mm-hmm. um, versus seeking opportunities. And um, through that first year, it was really, really a growing process. But once you start to get comfortable and you can kind of, um, you can kind of take off from there. Like I, I found myself to be much more of a self-starter um, once I got comfortable and, and really figure out ways to not only leverage myself, but um, how can I be more of a strategic thinker and how mm-hmm. can I, I work a little smarter um, and and not as hard and, and doing a lot of the the legwork and, and just trying to to leverage some of those things that you're you're taught in the military and bringing those into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure those are things that you talk about in the ERG and when you're communicating with veterans internal to U.S. food. So can you tell me, I know you've referenced it a few times, but can you tell me, I guess, a little bit more about the ERG and why having the ERG in place and even really just the larger culture at U.S. Foods, like why is it a good place for veterans to work? So the the ERG, which we call ourselves those who serve, um, it felt very fitting because not only are we in the food service industry where we indirectly serve people's food, but we're, we're referring to a community where, where we all serve the communities that we live in. Um, so the ERG, we really branch on three things, employee engagement, supporting recruiting, and community involvement. Um, recruiting has obviously been the biggest focus over the last year to year and a half. Um, prior to that, it was community involvement. But like I said, COVID kind of put a damper on that. And, and looking into 2023, we're really striving to make community involvement and provide those um, volunteer opportunities again to our employees. Um, and employee engagement. So that's like helping those veterans that are are like maybe U.S. Foods is their first job out of the military and helping them transition in and making it a little bit easier and um, help them better understand U.S. Foods and its culture so it doesn't seem so much like drinking from a fire hose mm-hmm. and being so overwhelming. Um, and providing events like we're doing a Veterans Day event, we're going to do, um, we're going to launch that Value of a Veteran workshop and make it available as a development opportunity for all employees at the company, and then making that a reoccurring workshop um, for the foreseeable future as, as a development opportunity for anybody coming into the organization. Um, yeah, so those are really the pillars that, that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like, we have bandwidth issues like everyone else. So sometimes things take a back seat, but um, but still working forward to to push the ERG agenda um, in the right direction and hopefully one day become a, a BRG um, 
and then of course other other business support um, but recruiting being the big thing right now for us so when you say to one day hopefully be a brg would that be like just expanding it so a business resource group where it becomes kind of more deeply ingrained into the business versus just like an employee focused thing is that what you're yeah um, so right now, a couple of the things that, that we're working on that, that are kind of helping us to make that transition are working through uh, what are ways that we can um, acknowledge those veterans that work in our warehouses. We call those non-desk employees. So those mm-hmm. are employees that aren't part of the ERGs because they probably don't know about the ERGs because right. they're not sitting at a computer and engaging with people like we are. Um, so we're looking into ways that can be impactful for them that help them know that not only do we value their service, but we thank them for their service. And it's something that that we really find special as an organization. We are working on creating um, specific military branding for those uniforms. So something that even just says like U.S. Foods and then military veteran underneath, but something that shows that like we value them, we set them apart. And um, it's our way of saying thank you and acknowledging their service every single day. So um, things like that, that maybe mean the difference between somebody staying at U.S. Foods or somebody leaving. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it's a job seekers market and people are coming and going all the time. And and we want to make sure that when people come inside the doors, that they stay at U.S. Foods. So um, things like that that could, um, you know, start to tick the needle back towards uh, employee retention at U.S. Foods. and. other things as well. So um, this Veterans Day, we are actually launching a, a special thank you for our customers. So those restaurant owners that served in the military that have a great relationship with their their TMs at U.S. Foods, we, we it's basically a special recognition for our salesmen to go out and present these plaques and tell our customers, thank you for your service. And sometimes that means a difference and, and a customer staying with U.S. Foods maybe versus mm-hmm. going with another distributor. So things like that, that, that really have a lot more business purpose behind them that could help mm-hmm. um, hopefully allocate more resources towards our, our ERG in the future, but um, really trying to make that business case for, for veterans and why, why we need to maybe um, spend a little more time focusing on that community. I think all of this sounds great. So I've been at Orion for about nine years, a little over nine years. And so, you know, Orion started as a military recruiting firm. Um, and we do other recruiting now as well. It's not limited to military, but that is still one of our biggest areas of focus because we think that that's what sets us apart. And we know that, again, like back to like the value that veterans bring to the workplace, we know that that is something that we're passionate about communicating and sharing with employers. But I will say in over nine years of working with companies who are committed to veteran hiring, sounds like U.S. Foods is doing the most in terms of not only recognizing, you know, employees who have served, but celebrating that and making sure that they know that that does make them special and that makes them an asset that they want to retain. I feel like I have not heard of a company that does that much with their own employees, but then even what you mentioned about recognizing customers too. I just think it's awesome and it shows how big of a commitment it is to you guys and how it's you know, you want it to come across that it's deeply ingrained in your culture, which is awesome. I appreciate that comment so much. Participating in an ERG is is extra. It's in addition mm-hmm. to your regular um, work that you're doing. And and myself, like so many other people, like it's been a busy year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a busy couple years. And 
it's been a busy few years now that we're heading into like year three since COVID started. It's good to know that like we're we're doing a lot more than others. Not that I want to compare us to others, but but a lot of times it feels like it's not enough. So that's that's good to hear. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, and again, like I said, you get to now be in the position where you are opening the door for so many veterans, whether it's directly or indirectly with all of the support and tools that you're providing to recruiters across the company about, um, you know, the training classes you offered and different awareness events that you're doing. Um, So I will tell you, I think it's definitely enough. And I think it's more than the norm, which, you know, hopefully this podcast is usually about career opportunities and things like that. So hopefully that is something that if someone's looking for a career listening to this, that it would attract them to U.S. Foods. I mean, you're obviously an employer of choice for veterans. And that's, I think, what a lot of transitioning service members are looking for. Yeah, we, we are definitely working on it. We have a, a whole team of passionate veterans and, and allies. We, we have a lot of people that are allies of the veteran community that um, that are super, super passionate. Like Amy Neuendorf, I got to drop her name all the time, but she she was our biggest ally um, and I mean that in a few different ways. She, she never served. Um, she didn't have anyone in her immediate family that served, but she, she was always our biggest supporter, um, of the military community and bringing veterans into the organization. And she, like her, her partnership was, was hands down the best thing that ever happened to our ERG. She has been absolutely instrumental in everything that we've done. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like all of the progress that you've made within the ERG is reflective of the culture of U.S. foods as a whole. Um, it sounds like you guys are an organization that are very willing to invest in your employees. And even given your own career track there, I know you said you kind of changed departments. So it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity there and that your culture is very reflective of that. Yeah, like I said, the culture was probably the the biggest reason I decided to join U.S. Foods. And it's one of those things where the culture is really felt from the top all the way down and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Um, It's nice to know when you have leadership that really believes in what you're doing and they're supportive of what you're doing. And they they demonstrate that by showing up. They come to the events. They're engaged. They want to know more. They give you an ear. And, um, and yeah, they're, they're very involved and, and really let you know that they care. And, and one of our core values at the company is you matter. And, and they definitely live that with the ERGs. Well, my next question for you was going to be what you enjoy the most about working at U.S. Foods. And I think I kind of know now that we've had this conversation, it sounds like probably one of the most fulfilling parts of your job is your involvement as president of the ERG. But Um, Is there anything else that you would want to highlight for potential job seekers that might want to come work at U.S. Foods? Um, The food is really good. (laughs) Um, We, I, I will say that I have been very blessed in the way that my career path has moved along at U.S. Foods. When I, when I graduated high school, I wanted to go in like direct Hollywood movies like that. That was what I wanted to do. And obviously life took a few turns and it didn't end up that way, but I joined the Navy as a mass communication specialist where I still got to do video work. And now that video work, I've been able to incorporate into the job that I have now. So I get to go to different markets around the country and meet different people and shoot these videos. And um, it, and it's nice to see things kind of come full circle. While I'm not directing Hollywood movies, I'm still <laughs> able to be creative in that forum and in a few different ways. Well, 
bringing the passion of food and food service to life for our customers and for our employees. And that's probably the next best thing behind all the veteran work. I just love your whole story because it seems like there are so many things about it that it just seems like a um, moment where you're like, oh, that's why that happened. Or, you know, like you, it just seems like you have these passions that maybe didn't seem like they were lining up at first and now they're all coming full circle. That has been the story of my life. I, I, I always like awesome. I, I always leave it up like I if I don't understand now I'll definitely understand later and it's like mm-hmm. I'll just I'll put my hands up Jesus take the wheel <laughs> like it all makes sense one day yeah I love that perspective though I think that's great um so do you have any I'm sure you have tons of career advice just based on where you've been in your career but if you had to choose the best career advice that you could share with a transitioning service member and probably even something that you wish you had known when you transitioned, what would that be? Work with the services available to get yourself a resume that really speaks to the corporate world if that's what you're seeking. Um, I, I always want to say it's a little different for the federal government because they're like that is full of veterans and they have a much better understanding of what a military resume looks like. But um, work like in my case, I worked with Fleet and Family Services, and it, I was working with military spouses that helped me translate my skills from um, from the Navy speak into corporate speak. Um, so that way, it, it translated a little bit better for those that didn't quite understand the military resume. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend having two versions of it, one in one in the corporate lingo and then one in, in the military lingo, um, if that's if you want to stay in the federal government type work. Um, the other thing, too, is probably to really advocate for yourself um, in, in a lot of those interviews where they were getting ready to offer me the job. And then they're like, no, because you don't have the degree like I would challenge them on that. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's a, even if you leave it without the job, but it's a learning opportunity for those hiring managers. Um, really help them understand what your experience means. So maybe that way you can leave them with that little nugget of of maybe changing the way that they think moving forward or looking at this position. Because, um, like I said at the beginning, like you don't. A lot of people just don't know what they don't know. So if, mm-hmm. it, if you can leverage that as a learning opportunity for those people, do so. And then um, once you find your footing, just pay it forward as best as you can. And you are a great testament to paying it forward. So I really, Jennifer, I really, really appreciate having you on today. Like I said, I love your story and I'm excited to be able to share this conversation with everybody else who's listening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.